Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I've gotten almost completely in the habit of saying that every single time I do the show, which means I've got to come up with a new catchphrase to add to it. I've got several of them that I seem to keep repeating. I don't have any, here's another one, I don't have any messages in the inbox today, any intentions in the inbox today, but uh, I do have a special intention today, it's not just not one that I got via email. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you to change that, send in your intentions, your prayer requests. I, I can't really describe to you how much I enjoy receiving those and responding to them and, and praying for you. I know that uh, I'm not in a position to offer all of the best advice that, uh, that, that could come with them, and I encourage you to talk to a priest about a lot of issues uh, that you might approach people online about, but to lend my prayers to your needs is something I absolutely can do and something all of us can do. It's one of the beauties of what it is that we believe. You know, we are unequal in all things in which it is important for inequality to exist, and we are equal in those things in which it is important for equality to exist. And there are two very different categories there. And the Lord has appointed uh, hierarchy and, and equality according to each one's need. Just like in Ecclesiastes, it says uh, that you know there's a season for sowing and a season for reaping, a season for, for dying. Uh, there's a sea, everything has its place in our faith. And one thing that I'm very happy to do as part of, I, you know, people call this an apostolate, and I really don't like that word. It has such a, uh, a self-important sound to it. I wouldn't want to call what we're doing here an apostolate, but my, it, it's a spiritual work of mercy that I like, that I wish I could do for as many people as I possibly can to offer prayers and also to console and to inform and to uh, admonish. All of these things are spiritual works of mercy that we as Christians are called upon to perform for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So give me the opportunity to do so. <laughs> right in. Uh, the email that you can write into is dailydecadrequests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, -E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. Uh, or you can always drop me a line over on Gab. I have been trying to keep up with that account a little bit more. Ooh, I forgot to load it today, though, uh, and yesterday I forgot. And the, but I'll remember today after I get this recorded. Uh, but uh, you can get me on there and on Telegram, of course. Uh, there's a couple of places. I think I follow most of the channels where I don't think I have comments set up yet. I'll have to fix that, get comments set up on the Telegram channel so that people can comment on there. And, of course, you can also comment where we're syndicated at ExodusAmericanus.com. And now, finally, uh, we have a website. It's at it's a hosted by WordPress. It's pray the rosary every day, all one word, at dot wordpress, uh, dot com. And we're going to be looking into getting a proper uh, domain as soon as I can set aside a little bit of money to do that. I don't make any money off of this. Uh, I I don't believe in doing that myself, and uh, so I I don't. There may I may ask. Uh, may find a way to generate some kind of content 
uh, whereby I could give value in return for the money that I would use to run a domain. But I want to be careful not to do anything that could generate too much money, uh, such that I'm left wondering what to do with the remaining funds. I, I don't want to be in that position. I only want to have enough to do what I need to do and have no profit with which I could be tempted. That's, that's an important thing to me personally, so uh, don't look for any uh, like, subscribe, or donation buttons anytime soon uh, as regards to Daily Decade. Uh, but once we get this website up and going, get it all fleshed out, uh, in order to get a domain, I am going to need some money that I, I don't have myself. Uh, we'll, we'll see where, where life takes us. For today, I have an intention. Uh, a woman that I know is going to be given birth uh, and uh, for the in the interest of privacy and not doxing myself I'm not going to mention her name but she's a handmaid of God and she's due to give birth this Friday so I want I would like to ask all of your prayers for her and uh, I think it's appropriate for us all to pray today for her at the beginning of the week since we're close to the due date that everything goes as planned that uh, the baby comes uh, as as hoped for healthy happy and that uh, that mother and and father are both likewise happy and healthy so we'll pray for for her and for her husband uh, and uh, and for the new baby uh, today is a uh, Tuesday so we'll pray in English today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, 
and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, our weeping and our mourning, in this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us. And after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. For the the handmaiden of the Lord about to give birth. St. Gerard, pray for us. For all of us, in all our daily struggles, all those struggles which have yet, which have yet to face us and those in which we are now engaged, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, I'm recording two of these today, as is customary on Monday. I do one in the morning, and I do one in the evening. And uh, I'm in the evening one now. And I've had a terrible time, and I, I had it a bit on, on Friday last as well. Just had a terrible time with a block in the mind as to what to talk about. And had a block in the mind as to what to pray about. And, uh, struggling to pray really all day today with my daily rosary and everything. So... One draws uh, inspiration best from one's struggles, so it seems that uh, the the cross on my sh particular shoulders today is something of a desert. 
something of one of these knights of the soul. And St. John of the Cross writes pretty extensively on this. He's got a whole book dedicated to it, in fact, about, and Thomas Kempis, too, in The Imitation of Christ, talks about these spiritual droughts that we find ourselves in sometimes, and how God allows those to fall off who can only pray when they have some kind of uh, reward of grace in accompanying their prayers. They're filled with these uh, sentiments and feelings, positive feelings, that make them feel as though they're in the presence of God, or that they, they are in the presence of God, that tell them that they are. God sometimes withdraws these things. Now, human beings are incredibly short-sighted creatures in our, uh, in our nature. On the whole, we always have been from the creation itself. In, in fact, really, the eating of the fruit of the tree in the garden was itself a pretty high time preference act, all things considered. Uh, it promised immediate rewards and immediate feed payback, uh, or payoff rather, without a great deal of thought given to what the long-term consequences of it might be, especially because uh, God had clearly articulated to Adam and to Eve exactly what would happen if they ate that fruit. They do not eat of it, for you shall surely die. Very simple. Okay, that makes that should articulate perfectly what's going to happen. Well, Eve looked at the apple and listened to the serpent anyway and made a decision that, well, whatever God's got in the works, he's got in the works. I'm going to do this on my time, uh, and I'd like to be a god. That sounds nice. And we as human beings continue to be naturally inclined towards high time preference decisions. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, this, this is something that comes out of the stock market originally, but it's kind of crept into popular discourse and describing different people and the way that they think and behave. High time preference people opt for immediate payoff. They see something, they jump in, they get the immediate reward, and that's what they're interested in. Low time preference people are people who are willing to wait for a payoff down the road and to endure in the meantime uh, what's going to happen. Another way of talking about nearsighted or farsighted people in terms of behavior and social action. That's all it means. Uh, there are people who are high time preference tend not to think about long-term consequences and as a result tend to in large numbers cause a great deal of headaches for uh, people in a, a generally functioning society and they need a lot of guidance and a lot of leadership people who are low time preference need a little bit less of that because they can see long-term consequences that tends to make them a little bit more successful we should all strive to have the ultimate low time preference, which is the eternal time preference, God's time preference. And when we think about it, there is, because that's, we have a very short time here, and, and Kempis talks about that, how this is a very brief time. Uh, and there's a, uh, I heard a sermon recently, it was really very good, it was on the, uh, third Sunday of Easter, I think it was, when Christ talks about, after a little while you shall see me 
again and after a little while you shall after a little while you shall not see me and after a little while you shall see me again uh, he's talking about the ascension and the second coming and it's it was observed that it's rather an odd thing to think of the dif- the distance between the ascension and the second coming as being a little while after all here we are 2000 years later and the second coming hasn't occurred yet but in the eyes of God, 2,000 years truly is a little while. The entire lifespan of the earth is but a little while. And when we think about our own lives and how little time we actually have to make it count, one lifetime, we could talk about a lifetime, and that's a very long time from our perspective. But from God's perspective, that's a very short while. And every year that he tacks on to that short while that gives us another chance to turn a new leaf and truly repent and turn to him that's a great gift and if we think about this then the ultimate time preference to have this eternal time preference is looking towards God and what this short time that we have in front of us actually means and what the long term consequences are and so Christianity is all about us overcoming our high time preference where we just are interested in striking at what's immediately in front of us and the people who have the highest time preference among Christians are the people who uh, love spiritual experiences they love the feelings that they get from a really rewarding prayer they these are the people that only pray in their own words and I, I was one of these people and so I, I don't mean to uh, point criticism outward but it's and I always have desired to have everyone desires to have uh, some indication that God's actually there listening people look for it in the silence of meditation they are filled with spiritual feelings the holy hour does this for people very often fills them with spiritual feelings and it's a it's a good thing to have those it's a grace and we should be very grateful when we get it but likewise with all graces and gifts we should be ready to return it to God as an offering as a sacrificial offering he's given us these talents let us multiply them and return them to him or at least place them someplace in uh, investments so that he might make usury on them as the scripture says now that what that means is gaining interest that's all that's all usury in the strict sense means uh, or what, what does it say it says that I may have them may have the talent back with usury I believe is what uh, uh, is what the scripture actually says although I may be quoting the King James there I have so many passages of that memorized and so few of the Dewey Rames at any rate when we talk about this high time preference and using the grace that we receive using the grace we receive and giving it back is really low time preference we don't hold on to it we want to get something better out of it there's a sermon that I frequently go back to by uh, Nikolai Velimirovich who is a Serb uh, and and an Orthodox he's Eastern he has a series of uh, sermons that he gave he lived here in the United States for some time before he returned over there and he wrote uh, what is sort of an equivalent to Alvin Butler's Lives of the Saints it's called the Prologue of Okrit and it's all the uh, 
these histories. It's actually probably closer to the Golden Legend if I had to pick something that it was similar to. And he wrote this in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. And he gave quite a few sermons. And one of the sermons that's always really resounded with me, and I, and I really, it seems to me to speak to a universal Catholic truth, is what we do with the fruits of our works. And the, the, by our works, we mean anything that we do, be it prayer, charity, whatever. We can either consume that fruit by enjoying the good feelings that we get from having done the, the deed, whether it's a, a particularly good prayer, whether it's being able to make a broadcast on a pod, being able to record a podcast without having made any mistakes, with no ums and ahs between things, no repeating words, just go right through. Anything, uh, anything successful at all. Because all the things that we do that are successful are successful because of God. Anything that we do on our own that fails is 100% us. We can take those fruits, the grapes of our works, and we can consume them, that is, enjoy the, this feeling, or we can return them to God that he might press them into the wine of our own salvation. And I've always thought that that image was an incredibly helpful one in understanding the efficacy of our deeds and our works and our uh, pieties towards our own salvation. Not in the Pelagian sense. A Pelagian believes that he can work his way into heaven. So he's a spiritual capitalist. He believes he can work his way into heaven. All his good deeds, good people go to heaven. All good dogs go to heaven, right? What the Catholic Church believes, and really what the ancient church believed instead, was that there was merit in our deeds because they manifested faith. Faith without works is dead. And so we can be justified in our works, in a sense. And Nikolai, uh, Archbishop Nikolai, I think, captures that very well when he talks about the grapes of the works, these, this fruit of our works. We can either consume those grapes and hold on to them. That's what Pelagians do. They think they're earning salvation. Um, and instead, they're eating all of their seed potatoes. Uh, or we can offer them back to God. And through God's intervention, we can take these graces and he presses them out for us into the wine of salvation. And one thinks of the psalm, I, I will take the cup of salvation, I will call upon the name of the Lord. These things that we do are more efficacious when we don't feel like doing them. And that's the truth whenever we're in a spiritual desert. The people that love the spiritual rewards, those wonderful feelings they get... If, if that's all that they want, being high-time preference humans, that will become the focus of their prayer. And then when they don't get that, they'll feel dejected. And they'll leave prayer alone. They'll go away. That's what St. John of the Cross says. These people who desire these spiritual feelings, when they enter into the desert, the dark night of the soul, when they enter into the drought, the, dr the, the feeling of dryness, spiritual dryness, and they're no longer getting those feelings, 
they just turned to the side because it was not God that they desired in their prayers. It was those feelings. And they, like the Athenians, neglected the creator in favor of the creature. The created thing rather than the, the eternal thing. The thing without beginning. The being without beginning. Our God. And this ultimately comes down to a difference between having a, a low-time preference prayer life, which is you wait for the rewards. If you get a spiritual feeling and, uh, and a reward in your prayer, that's wonderful, uh, but you keep going as though you had not. And uh, Padre Pio, another, there's another great quote along this subject when he talks about praying the rosary. He and, uh, and St. Therese of Lisieux talked about this as well. The meditation on the mysteries of the rosary was one of the, th one of the things she struggled with the most. She had talked about how there was nothing that she could think of that was more difficult in her prayer life than meditation on the mysteries of the rosary. And Padre Pio says if you tire while praying your rosary, Put it down and rest, and then go back to it. It is tiring to be in the desert. And it is for us to conserve our spiritual strength and recognize that it is the prayer itself that we seek. Because prayer is our unification with God. It draws us near to God. It's God above all things that we should desire not the feelings that we get from being near God, not the feelings that we get from prayer, but prayer itself, nearness to God itself. And so no matter how hard it is to pray, no matter how little you want to do it, no matter how little inspiration or motivation there is, prayer itself is what's desirable. And if you need to teach yourself, teach your, your, your spirit, that's, that prayer is actually what's desirable, then you will know then that it is not your lower passions, it's not your lower instinct that's drawn to prayer, but it is your intellect itself. And then, when we have finally achieved that state, that the intellect itself is drawn to prayer, that it's not the feelings, it's not us dragging the intellect along, it's not us whipping the will into shape, but the intellect itself flies to prayer. When we've reached that state, that is when we can truly perfect the highest form of prayer, which is mental prayer, without which, St. Alphonsus Liguri says, it is impossible to be a saint. No great saint ever achieved sanctity without the mastery of mental prayer, is what St. Alphonsus said. And if we read the lives of the saints, we see that without a doubt that is true. Certainly for the confessors, perhaps the martyrs, we might argue some of the martyrs did not have a perfect life of prayer, but I would disagree. Their martyrdom was the highest form of prayer that they themselves could achieve, bearing faultless, dauntless witness before God is a prayer of the highest order. So even the martyrs, even the unlettered, who stood before all men and God and bore witness to the faith, Theirs was a perfect mental prayer because they contemplated God in the depths of their hearts. And that is what we too can do if we have trained our intellect to ignore the richness of spiritual rewards in prayer 
so much that it desires prayer even in the dryness, even in the desert, even in this dark night that the soul sometimes enters. And so my prayer today is twofold. First of all, I want to pray that all of us are spared the desert as much as we can be spared without damaging our spiritual state. And that, secondly, in the desert, we so train ourselves as to find God everywhere. As the psalmist says, and caught into the heavens, thou art there with me. When I descend into hell, thou art there. And whether we are in heaven or in hell spiritually, let us always feel the presence of God with us in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.